Welcome to the Run Strong Podcast, episode 77. Hello, Rob Jones. Good morning, afternoon, evening, depending on when or where you're listening. And now you have a kid. <laughs> yes. And when that kid grows up, I'd imagine you want them to be as fast as they possibly can be. Already, I already want her to be as fast as humanly possible. But yes. Nice. Well, then you're going to want to listen to today's show. Do I? Why? Why? Well, is- we have our brand new head of the Inner Fight Junior Endurance team on the show this week, Matt Dewhurst. He's doing the rounds. He's been on the Inner Fight podcast and now he's come on here. We, however, hold some key secret information that Dude. no other podcast has. We have the exclusive on it. So our listeners are going to hear it first. But yeah, we have today's show is an interview with Matt, our brand new endurance coach, who is basically going to share with us how he coaches um, kids. He's been coaching kids for the past four years, triathlon or, or endurance, and how he coaches children to get the best out of themselves, not only in the context of sport, but also in sort of as a consequence to that, the best from themselves in life as well. And I think that comes across, mate, doesn't it? How much he really values connecting um, with the kids, not just being their coach that they go and see for training, but he really talks about how he how he likes to connect, find out what's going on in their lives, school time, all of that. And that, that really came across. Definitely. And actually, yeah, I remember even just talking to him sitting around, uh, sitting around here in the gym, um, in the meetings that we've had, it, he lives and breathes coaching junior endurance. He loves it. Yeah. Absolutely. So we do have, I would say there's nobody better in the Middle East to help coach junior endurance athletes. Yeah, well, we identified him as exactly that. And that's why we wanted him. And that's why we got him. And now we're going to have, yeah, the best endurance team in the UAE. Definitely. We can start much younger. So if you are interested in heading along and trying out one of Matt's sessions, there are some options. (laughs) <laughs> They're going to run free taster sessions on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I don't expect anyone to remember this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> Sunday, track running. You can bring your child along from the age of 10 and above. And it's going to be interval-based um, session work with some speed work, some running form drills, some plyometric drills. And that is at Dubai Sports City Track at 5 p.m. Now, if you know us, we work off a 59 rule. So it's actually 4.59 p.m. That is a track session for ages 10 and above on Sunday. You can come along and try that for absolutely free. On Monday, you can come along and try a cycling session with Matt. This is where he goes through um, some cycling skills. He makes sure that your child is riding safely or has got the ability to fit well onto the bike and make sure they're in the best position to to put power down through the pedals. They do cycling drills and skills. And it's a really good developmental session for cycling, but that is for ages 12 and above. I guess the prerequisite for that is that they have a bicycle as well. They need a bicycle for that one. And that is on a Monday night at 6 p.m., at Al-Qudra and the bottom of the stick, which is the first roundabout you get to when you're going to drive to Al-Qudra, where the the archway is with the bikes on. There is another cycling skills session on on Wednesday. 
And this again is for uh, ages 10 and above, you must have a bike. This is a bit different because it's gonna in a closed area at the inner fight gym track. So we can take on 10 and above. If they're cycling out of Kudra, they need to be 12 and above. Please take note of that. That again is a skills-based session working on cycling drills and skills, but in a very fixed environment, it'll be very safe. It's all at the, the track that we use outside of the gym. And, and obviously Matt's gonna be there on hand as well. Um, and again, just need to have a bike, you need to have a helmet, you need to have everything you need to, to do a cycling session. So that's Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. And then Thursday, there is a run session and this one's a morning run. Um, and again, this is for ages 12 and above because it's a longer aerobic based run. So they're going to be running as a, as a group, no more than an hour. All these sessions are one hour. Um, but again, it's for ages 12 and above. So if your child is 10 to 12, they can come along and try Sunday and Wednesday sessions, which is your running track and your cycling skills. And if they are 12 and above, they can come along on Monday afternoon at Al-Kudra, 6 p.m. or Thursday morning, 6 a.m. And that's down at the beach track. Now, as I said, I don't expect anyone to remember this, but I have it all in the handy detailed package. And if you want to email Matt for this, you can do md at innerfight.com. We'll have it on our social as well by the time this comes out. It will be everywhere. So you're going to know exactly what's going on. But essentially, you need to know Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, your child can come and try out some free taster sessions with Matt. Oh, mate, I'm glad we don't have ads. <laughs> it's jam-packed already. And these, yeah, this is free taster. That is a lot of free taster sessions to bring your child to. And actually, thinking about it, on the Thursday session, they'll get to, all the parents can come running with us at the coffee run. Yes. And the cycling session on a Wednesday, the same time as Ladies Run Club. So you can come along to Ladies Run Club, drop your child off at, uh, at Cycling Skills with Matt, and you're, as a family, getting fitter. Yes, the husband. And the dad can go do the class. And oh, to go do some CrossFit. Everything is covered. I can't think why you wouldn't just live at the gym. Yeah, well, actually, the dad can stay home and get dinner ready. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Like Wednesdays it. are going to be the new dad cooking days. <laughs> Mate, how, uh, how was your weekend? How was your night run? That's what everyone really wants to hear about. It was our run through the city of Dubai. It was very nice, actually. It was very relaxed, very casual. I was, at the end of it, there were people talking to me at the coffee run in the morning, and I don't really remember who was speaking to me or what they were saying. Everything was a bit of a blur. Um, but it was, yeah, it was nice just to run in all these different parts of Dubai that I would never normally run through. So we ran around the back of Damak Hills. We ran through Dubai Hills. We ran through the old town. Uh, Nadal Sheba, um, up by the canal in some housing estates. I say housing estates, that sounds very grim, but it felt like it actually. Uh, the equivalent of Canary Wharf in London, the Dubai version, we ran through there. It's quite posh. Yeah, sounds it. Yeah, like we didn't really see, there was one person we saw, I lie, there was two people. The first person was a security guard who was chasing us out of what he thought was the back of the school. Um, he thought we were trespassing and the second person was like a man sitting on a balcony smoking with the dull light behind him it was very very spooky we've not seen anyone for hours and just this smoking figure 
Very weird. I think you should start Rob Jones Night Tours of Dubai. And then I, I actually sent a few clients out the night after to do something very similar. Uh, yeah, I saw that actually. Did they ask for that or did you tell them what they were doing? They did. They, they, uh, they had a bit of a, a brief on what they wanted to do. These are all the guys that want to do Into the Darkness. So they're okay. or testing how they're going to run under fatigue of just, well, cognitive fatigue, really. Yeah. It's good. good. Solid. Nice. All right. Well, without further ado, here is Matt Dewhurst on how to make your kid faster. Welcome to our brand new coach. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Rob Jones is sat above you on a Swiss ball. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> hierarchy, isn't it? So I'm on the penthouse floor and we, we put him down in the, uh, in the underground dungeon. I'm in the basement. <laughs> We're going to need a dungeon room at the gym soon, I think, for more extra space. Matt, you obviously, we've, we've introduced you, but you've obviously come on board as our new endurance performance coach, but also your niche area is working with kids. You built a very successful kids academy where you were before, and, uh, and that's your goal now is to, be, is to be running our brand new Inner Fight Kids endurance team, if you like. Uh, I think we're nicknaming them the Jets. Is that right? That's a fast nickname. Yes. I mean, it sounds catchy, doesn't it? So why not? I love it. I want to be part of the Unified Jets, I'll be honest. Don't know what the age limit is, but... It's well, not... we're not capped it yet, so we can do. Perfect. I'm in. Like when an American football team has their, their nickname, isn't it? The Panthers yeah. and yeah, Steels and all of that. It does. It just sounds fast. Mate, I want to kick things off with, with today's show. We're going to talk how, how parents should be getting their kids into, into running or into endurance sport. Um, in in the right way and then talk a little bit about the methods that you use behind coaching children because it, it's so different to coaching adults um, really really is different I don't think people quite understand uh, the differences that there are so we're going to talk about that but just starting out mate how did you when did you first start working with junior athletes and why do you feel it's like you get, you love the, the value you get from it as, as a coach. Whereas say Rob and I, Rob went from teaching, never wants to go near a kid again. <laughs> I've coached juniors in the past, but it's, it's not something I feel very passionate about, to be honest, but you, you find, and we see it in your work that you really are. So tell us a little bit how you got started and, and why you followed that route. I'd probably say start with like experience, like work experience. Um, I was like, 16 at the time and I think I was just helping out a friend who was younger than me who was a goalkeeper started coaching him and then everything I did through for university and, and work experience was always working with juniors so and I always got this um, reward from it that was very different to working with adults and you know th that time period of seeing someone from let's just say for example from 12 years old to, to 16 years old it's such an important time of their life and you can be really influential to someone in that time period and I think that was always really powerful to me and something I really enjoyed doing. When was your so you did an experience at six, uh, 16 when did you actually like take you got you got put in charge of a junior program and took them from 
beginning to to end of a race? So first time I actually properly got involved in terms of triathlon would have been yeah four years ago now. Um, before that, I was always heavily involved in football. Um, so football wise, I was involved in from everything in terms of amateur into, to, um, into a professional academy. Uh, so I was very much a heavy, had a really heavy involvement in terms of people from, from 11 to 16. Um, and then had an involvement in reserve team football as well. So a lot of people that I had was then trying to break into first team uh, and make senior appearances. So um and then endurance wise yeah that was four years ago in terms of with the previous club that I was at and yeah I mean it's a massive journey from someone that say I, I could go into examples of people that are now potentially leaving the country and they <laughs> the difference from from when they start to now is just it's incredible um and I think it's just really a powerful time, like I said before, a powerful period of, of their lives and such a unique experience of being able to influence them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. What it's, I think sometimes people see like their kids doing triathlon as almost non-achievable because of everything else they're doing, like school sports, then oh, triathlon, that's three sports. Then they're doing two others in school. That's five sports. Like what's the... What's your thoughts on on the kids? We all knew those kids in school. We probably us three were were in that category as well. That did every sport. Do you think that's a good idea, or do you think it you should be at what age should you start to focus on what you actually want to be doing sport wise? I think it's a tough one, really, because people within certain industries will tell you they need to start specialising from a particular age. I know, for example, in swimming academies, they will tell them from the age of nearly 12, 13, they need to start specializing in that sport. I'm not a believer in that. I'm, I, like you said, I was exactly that kid at school, did athletics, did cricket, did football, rugby, um, basically whatever there was, I, I put my hand forward and be involved in it. And I generally believe that all rounded athlete is, is, is a much better athlete than someone that will, uh, specialize in something real too soon. I think, um, you know, in terms of triathlon, we're lucky that it is a multi-sport. Multi so actually, if someone is doing something at school, it isn't too much of a, of a hindrance. It's probably more of a case of actually trying to get people to do slightly less half the time because they're doing so much, um, which is always a difficult conversation with a parent or a kid because if they're passionate about the sport, then you don't want to, um, you know, we don't want to get rid of that passion, but there has to be some safeguarding element to it at the same time. Um, I'd actually probably say that COVID's been a slight blessing for some kids because they've actually improved dramatically because they're not doing all the school sports and, and the usual stuff that they would be. Um, they're actually just recovering after they've done some really quality, quality sessions. Uh, with that in mind, then, so for the for the parents that do want to get their kids into a triathlon or a triathlon training, how much would you say is too much? Can you put a specific number on it? Because like you say, they might be doing, they obviously need to swim, they need to bike, they need to run, then maybe they've got the rugby, they've got the strength training that goes alongside the rugby training if they want to make the team. How, 
how do you balance all that out as an endurance coach for children alongside all the other stuff? I think you have to be per child. So whoever that individual is, you have to take into consideration everything that that person is doing. Um, and you, you know, as well as I do, that varies per person. Um, you know, even the school hours could be different from one school to another. So that's an, another thing to consider. I would say, you know, to, to put a ballpark figure on something, I would say you never need a junior to train more than eight to 10 hours a week. I mean, like for, for adults, that can be oh, too, way too much. So <laughs> like you need a balance with a kid that's literally, you know, there's so much pressure on children nowadays in terms of GCSEs, um, you know, the social elements that they have in terms of fitting into groups. They have, you know, a fair amount of stress that, let's say, training peaks definitely doesn't pick up on. So I think a real individual um, approach to every child is, is really important and finding that nice balance, which is, you know, which is something that, you know, we're really looking into and really want to do. Mm -hmm. And then I suppose then the other, uh, the other version or the other opposite end of the spectrum of the question that I want to ask you is, do you see, or what's the main weakness that you see in children that come into the endurance plan that you've worked with? So obviously I know you've got probably the guys that are doing far too much and they want to do every sport. And maybe you've got guys at the other end that it's their, it's their first time doing something, but is there, is there any trends that you see in the youth that you'd like fixed? I think certainly this is maybe just a UAE thing, but cycling, cycling here is a really weak spot. And I think that, I mean, we're really lucky with the cycle tracks that we have and, and the facilities that we have, but how many kids actually just cycle around to their friends and stuff anymore? Like, I, I, that's the only way I ever got around when I was a kid. Like, literally, BMX, mountain bike was out and literally off-road it round for two miles to my mates, doing bunny hops and all sorts. And, like, you could get a 16-year-old now that's, and even adults, that they've never rode a bike. And it, it's, you know, it's, we all know it's the biggest part of a triathlon. So... You can't ride a bike. It's, it's, it's a problem. Um, a lot of the kids that come into triathlon here, they, they come from swimming or running. And, um, you know, those skills are there. And, you know, you, you almost don't need to work with them because, they, you know, if they come from swimming, okay, they might have not quite made it as a... Or nine times out of ten, they've been told, you're not going to make it to the top level of swimming but they've just done tens of thousands of hours of swimming. And it's kind of like, well, you're actually perfect to fall into triathlon because you've, you've mastered one of the hardest things that a lot of adults then struggle to get into. And you're, you, know, you look at the elite end of the sport, most of them have come from a swimming or a running background. Um, yeah, I, I mean, cycling for me here is something that is, isn't as accessible as maybe as it was for where, like when we were kids and, and traveling around. So yeah, that's, that's a big problem. And, and finding the space to do those cycle skills is, isn't as easy as, as it should be. Something you really don't think about is, yeah, kids here just don't cycle around their mates unless they live in one of the communities. I know here in town square, I regularly nearly knock one over because they're cycling everywhere, but it's actually pretty good, good to see because it's not something you normally yeah, you don't see a kid that we're going down Shakeside Road on a bike, whereas back home you'd see them going, you know, 
I used to ride 10, 10 odd miles to, to the nearest mate's house. You just don't get that here. Yeah. Very interesting. Do you think indoor riding, starting kids on indoor riding early is something parents could do if it's something they, they want them to learn as a skill? I certainly think there is a space for indoor riding um, with kids. Um, we all know what the summer is like here. And mm. I think there, I mean, per, from my personal experience, last summer was the first time I'd spent a long period of time in the summer here. And we maximized Swift to its to capacity in the sense of uh, I organized a race series. We had weekly training sessions on there. Um, you know, it was the best of the situation that you can make in the, in, in the, in the summer months here. Uh, the race series was really well engaged. Um, we've put like a point system and stuff in place so that it wasn't just the fastest person was the best and got the most points. There was other elements to it. So it made it interesting. Um, but there's definitely a place for it. I think the racing inside, like these kids love to race. Come on. Like we all love it. And if it's done safely, like Swift is an amazing tool for that. hundred percent. Yeah. So let's go. I'm interested to know, to go back to sort of the beginning. Let's say, so Rob has Hannah, is Hannah nearly three now? Is she? Uh, just on two, two about two in a few months. There we go. So still very young, obviously, to be to be running. But what age should kids start? Obviously, they're running in the playground. They're running, you know, in the you know when they're at home and things. We get that. But when when would you start training a kid to run if if they it's something they enjoy or something that you thought they might enjoy to start doing it? So when I worked, uh, I briefly worked in schools as like a sports coach and something I was really particularly keen on was in um, reception that their first term was, the half term was done doing fundamental movements. Like when were we ever taught how to actually move? Because I definitely wasn't. And nine, I, I would say 99% of the people that I speak to, they were never taught at school. It's just presumed that yeah, go and run, chase after that cone, pick it up and come back. Um, but no one's actually taught you how to do it. So for me, like the sooner that you're doing these stuff, you know, whether it's jumping over hurdles, cones, running, thinking about high knees, the sooner, the better. Um, so from reception onwards, so what's that like? Three, four, five, something about that age? Like sooner the better. And do you know what? Like, they don't have to know that it's fundamental movements. Mm. You just make all these games up and you just throw in these little activities in between it and they don't even realize what they're doing. But actually, do you know what? When they get to our age, nine times out of 10, they're not going to pick up half the problems that we, you know, we see in adult clients that maybe have a deficiency in one side of them to the other and it causes injuries or restrictions. Like, so yeah, 100%, sooner the better. Rob Jones, you making Hannah do uh, sprint starts the other day. You think you're a bit premature there? No, definitely not. That's uh, there was squatting involved. There was uh, you know this <laughs> core as you get on into like almost like a bear movement. And actually, what what you're saying there makes perfect sense. Uh, we do um, we make obstacle course races for Hannah, and just things like hurdles, things like climbing dropping picking stuff up throwing it just all the basic stuff and she just thinks it's hilarious and just wants to do it over and over and over again 
Um, and it's just training all of those, those patterns, isn't it? All those movement I think, skills. I think you find like a lot of kids um, who really early doors do gymnastics mm. are light years ahead of people. And they could do it for two years. And suddenly, you know, they get to year six onwards and they've done it for three or four years, let's say. And they find their sport that they really enjoy. And you'll, you'll see that they are so much more better in the quality of their movements. Obviously, naturally, they become much more flexible. Um, and really aware, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, and they're really strong as well. You know, they're, they're physically, you know, body weight exercises are not a problem to them. And I think, you're, you know, that, that's something I've always encouraged young parents to try and get their kid involved in some gymnastics really early doors because... Honestly, the, the, the limit that, that they can get in terms of potential is, is endless if they get involved in that. So the, the kids that you have on when, they, when they're coming to you more at an earlier age, which is going to be around, let's say, 10 or 11 years old, what does a, a session, let's go run, run specific to start with, what does that session look like? Is, is there obviously a time cap on it? Like how long should they be exercising for in one go? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, talking about the age category that you just mentioned, we would be more inclined to, yeah, get some quality movements in there somewhere and some short, fast movements. We don't need to be running for long periods of time. Like, there's a reason why British triathlon and all the major triathlon nations look at very short distances because they want to see that they can move fast. And... So a typical session like that would be like a nice little warm up. We'd go through some movements and some stretches to just make sure that they're mobile, actually coach them in some quality movements. And then actually we'll do some running drills or some plyometrics. So that there's literally 30 minutes there of just warming up and, and, and movement. And then you would go into maybe some, uh, some short stuff. So I probably would, for that age group, I probably wouldn't go above maybe 400 meters unless absolutely had to in terms of in terms of an interval um but then there's a fun element to it you can't just go right kids we're doing 10 400s today like um i mean even as adults someone prescribes me that and my coach gives it me and i'm thinking okay yeah this is gonna hurt <laughs> but you know we want the kids to get something excited so it might actually be a case of doing some relays or um you know you organizing some races between them. Um, you could add some like specific movements to be done every hundred meters, you know, it, there has to be that fun element for them because that's what's going to keep them coming back. And the team side of it as well creates that, you know, that cohesion in terms of friends and teamwork and those skills that maybe individual sports don't necessarily teach them unless it's put in place. Yeah. So speed and uh, like run form has to be practiced, whereas endurance will grow as they grow. Yeah, 100%. Uh, endurance is, is, is something for later down the line. We, yeah. we, we all know that as athletes ourselves. The older you get, the better your endurance goes. So, you know, as a, as a parent at home with a kid then who, who's thinking of making them try and run it, it's really about short, sharp efforts, like you just said, making it fun and, and not getting them to just go and run for 20 minutes and get absolutely puffed out from it because they might be practicing bad technique. They might pick up bad habits really early on. 
and uh, and it might not be the best thing for them. Yeah, is that I, the same had, with swimming and biking? Yeah, hundred percent. I've had uh, you know, I'm not going to name people, but I've had people come to me and they've said, "Yeah, my daughter's really good at cycling, cycling on my son." You know, they can they've rolled around our country. You know, they've rolled fifty k. I'm like, okay. But then you put them in the group and then they can't keep up with the group because the other group's been working at speed and, and faster. And, you know, that's what they want. That's what they need. We don't, we don't need somebody to be out there riding for two, three hours. Like, it's, it's a waste of time. And it's not best for child development. You know, we mm. want speed. You know, we want to maximize an hour. And in that hour, you know, we've, there's a short window of, okay, there's the intensity. That's what we're going to do. And in that 60 minutes, let's say between 20 to 40% of it is, is hard and high intensity. And they're getting their, their aerobic work from the, the rest of that time that they're out there. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest, like I know of some kids that literally they can't ride for more than 60 minutes because they get bored. So their attention span goes. Um, so wh- why would you do that? Um, from my side, like 100% is oh, more interesting as well, doing, you know, some short last efforts and within the group, having a bit of laugh, pushing each other, you know, you, you put on some 30 second sprints out there, um, you know, they're going to give it everything um, versus, okay, ride for 60 minutes. Oh, mm. it's, it's, it's not good. What do you think the, how do you spot with a kid when there's maybe a chance of injury or kid training too much? Is, is that more common when, when training kids compared to adults? I'd say there's probably a lot of similarities in the sense of, um, you know, it's, it's knowing the athlete, keeping an eye on everything that they're doing and having that constant communication with them. So in terms of from an adult to a child, it's no different, whether that's communicating with the parent or with the, the kid directly. I mean, sometimes it's, it is a case of holding them back because they just want to do so much and they love it. And, you know, you know what kids are like, they're bouncing around, they've got so much energy um, and everything for them has to be hard. Like I've not worked hard enough if, unless I've absolutely exhausted at the end of it where sometimes it's just a case of, no, time off, that's what you need, just rest up, come back tomorrow and smash tomorrow's training. Um, so yeah, I, I, from that perspective, in terms of injuries, um, no. The biggest time that there ever is a chance of injury is during their growth spurt. And that is really a very individual basis to deal with. Um, I've previously in the past worked very closely with a physio that I've always tried to recommend people to go to so that there's a direct line with me as well as the parents. So we're working in this triangle to make sure that we're getting the best for this kid. You know, some people's growth spurts could literally be a month. Some people it's nearly spread out over, t- over, over a year. And I've experienced both. And it's just a case of then literally, okay, we manage this day by day. And on a on a session by session basis because some days they might feel absolutely fine but then they come back to you next week and they've grown another 
half a centimetre suddenly. Um, we all know that's the like. I, I was, I, I had a lot of problems with growth spurts as a kid myself. I had massive growth spurt all at once. And you think about it, your, your muscles and your, your joints, your ligaments, everything's playing catch up. And suddenly they're asked, being asked to do something that they, they know what it is, but then the muscle memory is just completely gone because it's a completely different feeling. So yeah, that's that growth spurt space is, is really important to just work individually with that person. And it's really important to have a physio or someone that is trained medically to be involved in that process as well. Yeah, actually, it's funny you say that. I can remember my growth spurts and that I was like always the shortest kid and then suddenly was becoming one of the tallest in it. Man, it was painful. Like I can remember that, but it wasn't something that I've sort of thought about until you said it then. But in terms of kids going through that and being a coach for them and helping them to get through it, it must be one of the huge benefits of, of having someone like you as their coach because you understand more of the, the science behind what's going on and helping them to understand that, okay, it's right now you, you, you know, feel really painful, but it will stop as you, as you start to catch up with yourself and, and you'll be better for it. Cause I remember thinking this is never going to end. This is, <laughs> this pain's here for life and it's brutal, but you know, next, the next two weeks you felt nothing and then suddenly it came on again. Yeah. And it's a psychological really thing as well. Like literally from a, you know, from a mental perspective, it's really tough for a kid to then suddenly be like, no, hold back, stop, stop. You know, if, if they're very competitive, they feel like they're falling behind people. And it's actually just really think that long-term game. You know, I'm not going to name people, but like there's a girl that I've worked with in the past and she went through a massive growth spurt and it was, it was never ending. Honestly, she's, she's taller than me now. And, um, you know, she's really somebody to, to look out for. And she, she uh, just recently went and did a uh, one-mile time trial. And her pace was unbelievable. It was like 3.05 per kilometre, where six, six months ago, she was really struggling to run and not finishing sessions. And, you know, we were really holding it back. And that was really rewarding because, you know, we said to her after the, I was like, look, we... we you've had to really wait this out and now you're getting the benefits from it. Um, and I, I know from that person that it was really tough for her to deal with at times, but we got through it and, mm. you know, we had a really good network again with myself, the athlete, the parents and the physio. And, you know, she's reaping the rewards now. I know hopefully the dad's hoping she doesn't grow again because it's costing quite a lot in terms of bikes, but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, when uh, when you coach adults, obviously you track a whole host of different metrics, and the adults go in and they love seeing their training peaks go green when they complete a session. Is that any different from when you're uh, when you're coaching junior athletes? Do you do you put a lot of emphasis on data, or is it back to you know, I remember whenever I used to swim, for example, we weren't allowed watches in the pool. It was, you look at the big clock, you do your session. If you want to, you write it in your notebook and then you're, you're done and you're on to the next one. Um, you track times using a, a stop clock or when you went to races and that was all you tracked, really. So how much yeah. do you track that are training? Um, I would say there's a large period of time where we don't track them until we get to maybe about 14, 15 and okay, 
if you're now serious about this and you've decided that you want to take that next step, then us as coaches, we're going to take that next step because we need to, to know what you're doing, but also educate you how to use this. I, I'm a massive believer in the sense of a good athlete is a smart athlete and they understand why they're doing stuff and what they're doing, but they're not obsessive with it. So it's really finding that balance. Um, you know, we, we've obviously had a chat recently about watches and stuff like that with adults. There's been times where I have literally got kids to turn their um, watches around or, or actually tape them up. And I want you to pace. I want you to know how this feels because if, if you're in a race, for example, and your watch goes and you're really dependent on how, in, how that pace feels, like nine times out of 10, I could run and I'll know what five minute kilometer pace feels roughly like. I don't need to look at my watch. Um, you know, it's the same as going sub four. I know how that looks and I know how that feels. I don't necessarily need my watch to verify that at times. I might need it to help me pace a little bit better and not get a bit too excited. But, you know, for those kids, it's about educated how to use these properly from a data perspective, but also a, a training perspective and then not getting obsessed with it. And I think really it's about education there because, you know, it's very easy to throw money at it. You know, I need the best bike. I need the best GPS watch. I need this. I need, you know, a now common topic is I need carbon shoes where actually it's a case of just get a feel for it, get to know how to use these things and actually let's use them in the correct and safe manner. But you need guiding with that. And I, that's very much how I see my role in it. You know, it's a guide in the sense of, okay, you get to 16, 18, a lot of kids here leave the country. Okay, they might continue with coaching online or they go and do other things. You've, you've done your bit then. You've educated them the right way so that they can go away and do it. Hopefully, you know, necessarily, they could hopefully do it themselves and know how to do it properly. You know, you've done your job then. Um, and even if they go to another coach, then perfect. They're, they've set up nicely uh, to do so. Mm. One of the other aspects that we're going to be launching or have launched with your endurance program is the strength side of things. You've obviously got a very good, um, knowledgeable background within strength training. It's really important for kids. I think I think we know that. Maybe not in the sense of imagining a kid going into a squat rack and you know, ask the grass type stuff. But what sort of things when kids are moving to a strength program to help with their running? What are they going to notice is going to improve in their running or their endurance sport? Naturally, I think their efficiency within that sport and their movement patterns will get better. Um, you know, the whole idea of the strength side to an injury, I know we're in endurance sports, not for strength. And that, I know that is the case for nine times out of 10 with most athletes. But the idea for me with behind the strength stuff is that it allows us to, to get faster without that injury risk, you know, whether it's in swimming, running, cycling, you know, we need that strength work and that you know, when we need our joints, we need our muscles to, to be resilient. You know, it's a buzzword that's been used a lot in the last couple of years. But, you know, if we're resilient to that extra stress, then especially a, a kid that's growing and, and, and wanting to get faster and they're getting, you know, they're starting to mature. 
if, if anything, that strength work is probably more important than the other stuff if it's done properly. And, you know, they, they might only need to run once a week, but two strength sessions a week is actually suddenly then dropping from a 20-minute 5K to then suddenly going 18 minutes because they're strong, they're resilient, they're able to maintain that strength and speed for longer. Um, but without that strength work, they're always... It's going to, they're going to get to a stage where they break and it's, you know, it's, it's obviously not nice or pretty that we want them to experience. So, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big thing. I, I, you know, we're really pushing and, you know, there's always been this conception that strength for, for kids is, is dangerous. It's absolutely not at all. It's essential and it just needs to be done safely and appropriately. Agreed. There's dangerous strength coaches, but not dangerous strength training. I think that's the one to get across there. Mate, it's, uh, it's all sounding very, very good. Let's say uh, a parent's listening and they want to maybe start motivating their kid towards doing endurance sport. I'm not saying pushing kids towards it because I think that's the right way of doing the things. But let's say they wanted to plant the seed, give them an idea, start to motivate them on, on coming along, maybe joining the endurance team and, and seeing how they go. What do you see in your experience working with parents? How does that work the best for parents who want to just, you know, give their kid a nudge? I think it always comes from the top. Nine times out of 10, if they see their parents are doing something similar, it, it has a knock-on effect. Um, I've seen it in all my time that I've been working in it, that there is this, um, you know, I want to do what dad's doing. I want to do what mum's doing. Um, they see, they see the community aspect, the friends that they've got within that community and they're around it, they see the events and then suddenly it's, it will naturally fall into place. If that's not the case, then there's, you know, there's another way to look at it in the sense of, do you want to try out some cycling? You know, it might be something that they don't do that often. Or um, for example, if someone's really heavily involved in swimming, do you fancy mixing up your training a little bit with some running? These guys have got this or, you know, they're going to offer some strength work. You know, I find it really difficult in terms of, I, I know my experience as a, as, as a junior athlete and I was heavily involved in swimming before, um, before getting involved in other sports with football and cricket. And the reason I stopped was because I got fed up of it. It was the same. It was too much. It was, you know, it was too intense too soon. And I think there needs to be those, that breakup and then other experiences for people to try. You know, it just, it just has to be a conversation with them and say, do you fancy trying this? And if they say, yeah, bring them down. Like, you know, we're, we're offering, you know, trials for free. So it's absolutely no harm for, for any parent to come down. You know, if they enjoy it, brilliant. Let's have a chat afterwards and let's sign them up. If they don't, you know, from our perspective and my perspective, okay, they've tried it. There must be something else that they enjoy. So let's go and try and find what that is. Um, yeah, a lot of times as well with kids, they probably, even if they do enjoy something, they, they might have not have the right experience. It'll stick in their mind and maybe two, three weeks later down the line, they'll actually feel confident enough to come back and try it or their friends start doing it. So they want to jump back into it. Yeah, I mean, naturally if their friends are doing something, they want to be involved in it. And 
you know, uh, that's the key thing. I think friendships, you know, we all enjoy it in the sense of, I, I prefer going out riding if I'm with someone and yeah, okay, if they're going to push me, brilliant. If I'm doing a social ride, I don't care who I ride with. I want some company and it, it's, you know, you, have, you enjoy the experience more. Um, and, you know, it's even bigger for, for kids that they've got that, that friendship group, um, definitely. If their friends are doing it, then they're interested, then they should definitely come and try it. Awesome. As you said, mate, you're running free taster sessions for kids here in Dubai. So if you do want to get in touch and uh, find out more about those, please email Matt, who is on MD at innerfight.com. Or you can just get in touch with um, with the gym. If you're popping in, just ask the rock stars at reception and they'll be able to tell you um, when they are on. But mate, you're going to do some um, cycling, some running, some swimming, everything that they're going to experience on the program, some strength sessions, all completely free. Come down, try them out. And as we say, it's just exposing um, your child to something they might not have done before or something that they really enjoy doing but in a different environment meet a new group of friends maybe bump into rob jones who knows <laughs> i just uh, i was thinking earlier on about how uh it was the, i've talked about this on the podcast before the the young girl that used to smash me around the track every week and how happy i was the day i beat her and matt used to coach her <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, to be fair, she's going to be beating everyone at this rate. So she's a, yeah, she's a good one. Um, there's a reason why she's a national champion in her home country at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think it's safe to say we have snapped up the best kids coach you can get. So very, very happy with that and super happy to have you on the team, Matt. You also do coach adults as well and have had some great success with some adult clients. So if you are interested in coaching with Matt, the same email address, md at Mate, you're at Track Tuesdays, you're on Walker Wednesdays, you've come to coffee runs, you're all around at the moment. So please feel free to come down and chat. And even if uh, your child doesn't want to come along to a taster session, um, parents feel free to get in touch with Matt if you just want to have a chat, grab, grab a coffee at the new Smith Street Cafe, um, whatever it is that you feel you need question-wise, then that's why Matt is here ready to answer. That's it for this week, guys. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank Look you. forward to seeing how this program develops and the weapons that we get from it. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a few more girls to beat Rob Jones around the track, please. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> awesome. Matt, thank you so much. Don't forget, guys, md at innerfight.com or just pop down, arrange a time to catch up with Matt and ask any question you have about getting your kid into endurance sport. We look forward to meeting them and meeting you. See you next week. Bye.